Hey, and we're back. Welcome everyone to the Horrific Talks. What's up, guys? But it's been a week. It's like we're making regular content all of a sudden. Mm, right. <laughs> we're going to appear on the interwebs on a regular basis and people are going to like maybe see us. I know, it's crazy. We even got stories and shit know, to it's read. Like, it's fantastic. It is like Feast or Famine with this podcast. Obviously, we're either like <laughs> yeah. inundated and then it's trying to get through everything. And then, obviously, when you've got a load of mm. stuff you don't want to put out to people because you want to kind of catch up. And then it goes to a dry mm. spell and then it blows up again. It's like just nice, oh, yeah. big, Love just it. nice, consistent um, pattern. But hey ho, we'll do what we do. But yeah, <laughs> we're, uh, we were just talking last week actually. We introduced a new spot with our buddy Adam. Uh, Haunted Grove, so if you have a look, uh, check that out. <laughs> yeah, I think that's going to be an interesting one, especially with how random it'll well, that's, be. Um, that's the problem with this. Like, we've obviously locked down because we want to have a bit of a structure to this show, but it doesn't mm. leave us much room for like just doing random shit. I know we could, but then it kind of destroys the format mm. and kind of don't want to do mm-hmm. it because then you can't really plan if you're just doing things ad hoc. But having an extra segment where we can throw in random stuff. Like, if there's more than one release a month, you know what I mean? We can't spend six hours sitting here for, you know what I mean? Unfortunately, we've got lives. Unless you were yeah, sitting here tipping us, you know, so we didn't have to work. That would be cool, but... <laughs> 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 one can dream, but then you have the, the whole other balls ache of people, so... Mm. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, um, good to get... Good to get up for the new year. Uh, bit of a slow start just with everything going on, but uh, we're up, we're started, we're going again. Movies are coming out. Looks like uh, we've actually got things in the pipeline. Ah, did you hear about the Salem's Lot uh, remake in the plans for this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see what happens with it. I um, Did you ever get a chance to watch Chapel's Way? Chapel, or Chapel no. Way? What? Dude. So, if you've ever watched um, or read uh, Jerusalem's oh, yeah, Lot, the short story from, yeah, that, that yeah. is the predecessor or the prequel. The... Yeah, so basically, that's like one of the most boring fucking short stories of Stephen King's. Like, and I'm a Stephen King fan. Like, I fucking worship this man. That is a struggle to get through. Chapel Wait, holy fuck, is it good. Like, if you get a chance, definitely check it out. Like Adrian Brody is just Actually, phenomenal. That story, I thought the lawnmower man was the boring story, and that was the one he made the big fuss about. And I thought the film did a better job. Out of mm-hmm. those, you know, that um, was a graveyard mm-hmm. shift. Was the whole collection? Mm-hmm. Graveyard, yeah. yeah, graveyard shift is um, what it was in. Yeah, it was a bit hit and miss. I find the whole, you know, the whole thing. But that, but it even said at the start these were notes he had from his like nineteen and publisher friend said, look, you need to put all this stuff mm-hmm. in the you know, a collection, so he did, so, I think when he put that out, he didn't really give a shit, I mean, he'd already put his, he's already put his yeah. time and energy into his universe, and these are all, like, scraps of stuff, and you can kind of tell when you read it, that there were, like, half-formed ideas, like, Drusen's up being the precursor to Seelan's up, you know, he, he kind of had the idea, and I know what it's like, because mm-hmm. I have shitloads of fucking crap here. That <laughs> isn't going anywhere right now. I'm fucking have a have a load of stuff yeah. written down that I haven't. Um, I'm having to do more research and writing at the moment, which is pissing me off because I want to get stuck in. But the world I'm creating, I need to 
kind of get a look and a feel and an idea and a structure because you need rules but mm-hmm. that's taking longer at the moment than me actually writing so I can understand having shit loads of like scribblings and notes and half formed ideas and then you go, you get down a rabbit hole and like fuck what am I doing with this and then you <laughs> <coughs> you leave it by the way yeah. it's like because you know you're you're beating your head against a wall trying to push it forward so you you leave that then you start on something else and you kind of get that point and then it's you know trying to get that and I think that's what that whole graveyard series is about it's all the preformed ideas he had for some of his future stories but no I thought um, yeah I could definitely get that I liked Jerusalem's thought I mean I did but it was I don't know it's one of those things where the show turned out better than the book. Just like, say, like, 1408. Like, I fucking mm-hmm. love that movie. The story? Eh. The only thing with Stephen King movies are, I think because so, so many of them were done so early on, they do age pretty badly. So Lexus likes to see could benefit from a, mm-hmm. a remake. Yeah. And we'll more likely cover it in the show later on, without a doubt. Um, I think that could benefit mm-hmm. just... From modern technology, as long as I don't do it, uh, if I keep some practical effects in, I don't make it a CGI fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's all it needs. It's just a wee bit of updating because when you watch that again, it, it has aged. Mm-hmm. You know, just just purely because of the effects, because they, they did try to. You know, it seems to be whenever they try to do groundbreaking stuff at the time, it ages terribly. Where when they've got like the stamp, like the Hammer oh, yeah. Horror House <laughs> stuff we've talked about, they've kind of it looks like a stage. Mm-hmm set up and they kind of went with it and they didn't try mm-hmm. to push the boundaries you know when they concentrated on the storytelling so that's why they still stand up today because they're not but when you look at like early cgi stuff spawn oh, fuck. <laughs> i fucking love that movie but it is the whole good. um that and constantine <laughs> i like uh that's a guilty pleasure i like constantine Oh, the same. I fucking love it. I'm excited because there's going to be a, a new 4K release this year. But, man, it doesn't hold up well oh, at no, all. Cheese. Like, the cheese is dripping <laughs> everywhere. But, uh, yeah. Fucking hell, man. It's, uh, no, it looks like we're going to have a good year. Um, seems to be something. So, yeah, at, least we'll not be, at least we'll not be struggling every month. Um, I'm contemplating Nightmare Alley. Uh, that's out at the moment. Oh, Fuck. Dude, if you get a chance to see that shit in theater, do. And if you get a chance to see it in black and white, one, fuck you, and two, make sure you do. <laughs> there's there's not any in my neck of the woods that are going to be doing the black and white screenings, unfortunately. But I've seen like some stills from it, and man, it looks like a completely different Yeah, movie. I would have to travel over the already farty side of London for that, and that means going through central London, which is like, yeah. Mm. Nah, have to, uh, yeah, no, fuck that. you have to really, to go through central London, you need to be motivated that's fair. I'm happy enough being in the outskirts of the whole village. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's definitely if you get a chance to watch, check it out. Like it is amazing. I mean, it's Guillermo del Toro. Like, dude's a fucking master, and just like everybody in that cast is phenomenal. Yeah, uh, yeah actually, that's, I was thinking maybe we'll do that next month. All right, I'm down. I'll happy gladly pay to see that preview, shit What again. we're doing? We've already planned ahead. Look at that. See structure planning. What we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> hey it's almost like we know Yay. what we're doing sometimes <laughs> give people the wrong impression here <laughs> but I know right <laughs> suckers <laughs> but on to this month let's uh, 
dive into our horrific release. Man, I don't know what I was expecting with this, this one. This is random because we only talked about this last week. The only reason this movie came up is because we're talking about the actress, Thomasina McKenzie, last week. And mm-hmm. me, after slagging off um, people that watch 100 review shows before going to see a movie, and then I was kind of in the same boat going, one, two, sure, not. And I was like, fuck, I've just become a hypocrite, right, for watching this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is, this is one that I, I did sort of kind of want to see in theaters but it was just like you know I don't get to go very often like not nearly as much as I used to so I kind of have to be really picky with what I go to see so this is one that just kind of fell to the wayside because I mean I love M. Night Shyamalan but it's a real hit or miss with him and yeah this yeah, one like, you know, a bit of a miss six for me sense, I still, still enjoy that movie that was great yeah, I mean that's that's a classic at this point. Yeah, nobody um, can. Unbreakable argue that. was good. Good, uh, good show. Yeah, I haven't seen Five Glass yet, um, but I liked Unbreakable as a standalone movie. Glass, Glass. As long as you have enough separation in between watching Unbreakable and Split, mm. it's okay. I I just feel like um, it it was just so it almost felt rushed because Unbreakable, fantastic fucking movie really holds up just amazing performances and then you get split which is like really intense and then when i went and saw glass it was sort of like oh okay so that's how he's going to finish this trilogy mm-hmm. okay cool um, that, that'll be a netflix one i think no i mean it's, that'll be it's good though i i would definitely service i'm not i'm not cool looking for it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um what, the village that was a you know all right Fucking love the village. That was. I don't care what anybody um, says. I think that's a great movie. That was really well done in terms of really until the last you hadn't a clue. That was modern day cult sort of thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even a cult. It was a major overreaction to grief. Yeah, was, we'll put it like that. I mean, it was yeah, kind of was a kind, cult. You know, it was all done over grief and just. Um, mm-hmm. I'm shutting myself away. Do you want to come with me? Yeah, why not? And then kind of became a cult. Which is, mm-hmm. mm. Yeah, a really good movie. And then once again, people being the monsters. Always good. Mm-hmm. Always, think, always um, good. I wasn't too... Fu- now, he made his claim to fame as Slumdog Millionaire, but that was one of those... Uh, you know, you had to be cool yeah, to I like it sort of thing. That. You know, it was the cool gang like that movie. Mm-hmm. Ray's kind of a bit mad about it, you know. Um, what else has he done? Oh fuck! Well, not um, the Tai Chi movie. Oh, and he's got yeah, signs. Shit like that. Fucking last Airbender. Yeah, the last Airbender. Tai Chi. <laughs> it's basically a fucking Tai Chi oh, movie. Oh yeah, I, I never <laughs> God, that was. Uh, I tried, and I love, I love post-apocalyptic fucking weird shit, and I know it was based off a cartoon, which isn't really very in-depth but still when a like a daily series cartoon has more depth than a movie you know yeah he is he's I think he started off strong then he got lost his own fame if that makes sense 
So whenever you're like mm. not challenged anymore or people there's nobody there, I think when you lose your advisors or people you can talk to to get an honest opinion and you're told you can just do anything and everything you produce is golden, I think that's maybe where it happens. Well, and this definitely, like I sort of uh, looked over the wife and was like, this felt like an excuse to go on a family vacation, right? It's just like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's exactly what this seemed like was... Just like, you know, I really want to take my family to an island, but fuck, I really got to work. Mm. Hmm. I think I could write something on an island. Like the island. It has, yeah. um, it, was, it actually uh, seemed, it's kind of relevant. That's why I brought up, um, Stephen King at the start, because it's, even though it's one of his movies, it's very Stephen King, sort of, it's very In the Tall Grass, or, oh shit, Children of the Corn type vibe. Throughout this movie, mm-hmm. so that's what I was getting. I was getting Stephen yeah. vibes throughout this um, the whole series, and that's that's what kind of stuck with me. So like mm-hmm. it's almost as bad. I read up a bit about it. They said it was all due to lockdown and like the whole premise behind it and the things encountered. That's where the island idea came up as well. You know what I mean? Because basically, mm-hmm. weren't went the rat shit for two years. Still is, but. At least we're sort of seeing a way out of it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, um, so basically the premise is we've got Gustav and uh, no, he's the thing. What do you call the couple? You've got this couple family. They're going on holiday. Turns out I'm looking it up. Oscar and where the hell was it? Sorry, I'm pulling my shit up too. Guy and it was, uh, yeah, yeah Guy and Prisoner. Helps if I could write. I've, I put my notes down, but it's like, it's all the weird <laughs> shit I want to pick out, not the actual <laughs> plot, because I'm, I'm trying not to be a robot going through plot by yeah. plot points, but. Well, the, the thing is with the plot, it's so light, anyways. Like, here's the entire movie summed up in like two seconds. They're on a lot, an island, they get trapped on a beach, people die, they leave. There's a Shyamalan twist, and then it's over. Or is it? No, because there's another twist, and then it's over. <laughs> That's the movie. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's funny, though. Um, yeah, so I have this couple, and they're all starting off. They're singing. They're on the little bus thing. And that's mm-hmm. straight away, if I turned up the resort... And half the fucking staff right there to meet you. And, and I'm not a rock star. I'm getting worried. Like, when they pull up at the first at the start of the resort, that was creepy as fuck. Yeah, you don't really no, see No, you get the concierge who will meet you, or the, the tour rep will meet you, but you won't get the entire fucking mm-hmm. staff lined up as if it was a fucking state visit. That's, yeah. Nah. Yeah, so straight away you're like, this place is creepy as fuck. <laughs> These are the bad guys. <laughs> like, before you even start, these guys are up to mm-hmm. no good. And then we meet Madrid. Now, although she's pretending to be a customer service person, you'd think she'd have some lessons first. Like, she's uh, based on your selections. I have made you a drink here. Welcome to right. the resort. Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, 
Those look like some bomb ass drinks, I'll say that much. Yeah, but uh, she just didn't want to totally be there. She's take like, like, what seven the fuck am I doing this for? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a villain. Why am I having to be nice to people? But Gustav, he's the proper fucking scary one. But is she really a villain? Yeah, she's, I don't know. She... I mean, that's that's the, that's the question. That's the question at the end. Well, it's actually quite relevant to, to the Hess world, what we're talking about. Well, we'll get on that in a bit, but you know what I mean? Um... Mm-hmm. The worst villains are the ones who think they're doing good. You know, I mean, that's always the best villain trope ever. If you can actually have mm-hmm. a villain genuinely believe they're doing good, then that's rather than just being a psycho for no reason. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's like uh, always reminds me of a classic line of Sid Haig. It's like it doesn't matter who you are; you have to always imagine that you, as your character, believes that what you're doing is right. Otherwise, it's not going to come across. Like even if you're just, you know heavy number two like you have to believe that what you're doing is right otherwise it's a bullshit performance yeah because if you're um mob families you have to be invested in the family you're protecting the mm-hmm. main you know the family member you're you know makes sense because we're mm-hmm. seeing too much that the sort of wooden acting people not giving a shit and it does come across mm-hmm. it's like us trying to carve out movies <laughs> nah 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 <laughs> We love. That's why we're so bitchy about it because that's proper fandom. You're not a proper fan unless you pick everything up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If you don't hate it afterwards, yeah, you're not a real fan. Like grudge fucking. <laughs> <laughs> but Gustav, he's yeah. a proper psycho. Like scary German fucking. Hey, I'm so happy to meet you, victims. Yay, fuckers! Mm-hmm. Come on, I'm. I'm gonna personally be there and in your face and wonderful it's like dude you're the main guy um delegate you know what i mean there's something like right <laughs> some wrong so he meets the family and that resort it looks like a fucking lab like there's no life mm-hmm. in that resort and even the the board to have the the chalkboard with the, the activities neatly scored out it's just so clinical and mm. but they're still building the thing as the family move in, and they're still tiling the yeah and all. But it just looks yeah. But I mean, that's that's pretty common at resorts, like constantly doing an up like uh, a facelift, uh, like one that I go to fairly regularly because I'm bougie as fuck like that, like. Every time I go there, they're doing something new. Like either they're repainting the walls, they're rebuilding something. Like it's that's pretty I think common over here. The resorts they try to do it all off season, so they try and get everything mm. done off season because of like the mad influx. Um, the last thing yeah. was builders right about the summertime. It's uh, especially the ones in Spain and stuff. You know, it's just, that's fair. They don't do it. You know I mean that we have like peak season for holidays and then sort of July August. So mm-hmm. nothing, if there's even a side of a builder there, you'd have uh, hotel managers freaking out. Fucking get it finished. Ah, money, money. Gotcha. You know, because it's all about the reviews because there's so much competition over here mm-hmm. for the resorts that, you know, I mean, one bad uh, TripAdvisor review or getting a lower star, it's the difference between getting the booking and not, you know, hundreds of people travel. So it just mm-hmm. has to have that, you know, that's, that's the difference over here because of the, the competition in the resorts and especially Spain and the coastal towns and that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? No work happens during holiday season when you have guests. 
that's why the out of season stuff is so cheap because yeah. that's usually when all the drilling stuff happens. But even at that, even the way they're going about the work, it's just so clinical and like oh yeah, you already you come into this place and it's not right. Straight away you're like, this isn't right. There's something. This isn't um, this isn't the place to have fun. Something's wrong here. That's what I got anyway, just with the whole mm-hmm. thing. And even the people lounge about, it's almost like they were actors. Yes, I know actors in the movie, but they weren't guests. It was like, <laughs> you almost expect them to blow a whistle and everybody yeah. stand up who weren't the victims. <laughs> if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, no, you can definitely tell there's a different dynamic between the people that inevitably become the victims and like the other guests to make it not look like a weird trap. Yeah, and obviously we find out we are genuine guests. It was just like the whole thing's just creepy, and that guy mm. Gustav just like he is something else. <laughs> he's he's a type that would mm-hmm. stab your family in your sleep and smile at you and make you a cup of coffee, you know, in front of your face. I mean, you know, fuck. At least he yeah, makes you know, coffee. Yeah, you know, and that's so. a, that's and I think that's his whole mindset. It's good to put that in context for the movie because fuck that. I think he's been one of the most. Um, Interesting villains, even though there's not much to him or not much screen time to him. Just from that opening scene and the way he is, actually gives him a good mm. dynamic. Yeah. But yeah, um, I'm gonna see this family. Um, guy, they're dysfunctional. They're about to break up. Um, they go to meet the the go to the hotel. They're settling in for the night, and then the guy and uh, I can't get her name in my head. Prisca, it's a weird name. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's an interesting one. Yeah, to try she's to remember. from. I looked her up because I thought she was South African, but she's from Luxembourg. Because really, really sort of that makes happy. sense. I was getting South African vibes on her accent. That makes sense, and uh, mm-hmm. but I looked her up, and she's from Luxembourg, so uh, kind of makes sense what was going on there. It wasn't wasn't Eastern European yeah. accent. It was, you know, more sort of Central European. So it kind of mixes up. Mm-hmm. It's funny when other languages mix with English and you get get the way that happens. Yeah, it's and it's so funny, like the similarities between certain accents. Like those aren't close places, <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. fairly similar. Uh, it's probably because uh, like South Africa was heavily colonized by the Dutch, which is on the border of Luxembourg. So that's true. You can see that you know the Afrikaans and why it's closely linked to sort of more Europe than. Like the UK, because mm-hmm. obviously America has more of a British influence on the English. Than, mm-hmm. but Africa wasn't really colonized. Parts were, you know, by Britain, but it was mainly Europeans. The colonized Africa, and you can mm-hmm. kind of tell the way that's went with the accent. That's just a weird thing, you know. Just a weird thing I get interested in. <laughs> just a little side step from the plot mm-hmm. of the actual movie, but there you go. Um. I mean, the yeah, plot's pretty light anyway, so... We're just adding substance. <laughs> yeah, that was part of my problem with this at the start. It was like, there's not really much... You know, it's a really simple movie. But how long was the runtime? It was only two mm-hmm. hours. Um, let's see. We are looking at... Was this short movie? No, that's a sad thing. Like, it was long as fuck. Like, it should have had a lot more going on, but... Not really much. Where the hell... Sorry, I just had that shit pulled up too, and I don't know where it ran off to. Yeah, uh, it wasn't too bad. It felt longer. 
Yeah, it definitely did feel a lot longer. You know, I mean, this this could have been a short story. I think <laughs> this could have been a creep show episode. Yeah, it, easily, and it would have been more a creep show than most of the creep mm. show stuff that we've seen. Probably <laughs> budget movie has to be so long. Blah blah blah. I get it. Um, mm-hmm. when did the When did this scene happen at night with the swimming? Uh, what, what do you call him? The sedan bloke and his... Yeah, fucking mid-sized sedan. Yeah. yeah. Excellent rapper name. So that was um, right after the first night. Yeah, that's the right. They were, first, they'd already got the whole thing. context, yeah. Cause that... That's when it flashed to it. Which, that shit, that fucking bothers me. Um, because looking back at how the aging process works, because, spoiler, yeah, people get old. Of the movie. You know, that's the name. <laughs> Like, how the fuck did this son of a bitch not already be dead when everybody got there? Because this is presumably the night before all the other couples that were there went to the beach. So, by all accounts, his ass should be dead or at least ancient as fuck by now. Yeah, it didn't... um, They made a joke about it during the movie, which I didn't appreciate. Um, I mean, I giggled, but... That was also like, really? That's how you're gonna fucking. No, if they had it right at the same time, yes, that joke would have been in context. But the fact mm-hmm. they've been there and they hadn't sneaked down during the night, so they've been brought there because you can't find this beach. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. They've been there overnight. Well, yeah, I mean, she it, was still young like looking. A, it's all locked up. So they've obviously been there all day. He's mm-hmm. still young looking. Made no sense. No. So not this not is the bit all. that kind of pulled me out of the whole movie. There were there were two characters that just didn't need to be there. I know there may be better premise. You know, uh, next time in the final body and stuff, but like it served no purpose mm-hmm. really, apart from making you go, "What?" No. Yeah, it was. Uh, he wasn't necessary, other than to have. Um, what's her bucket like fangirl for a second like oh my god that's mid-sized in cool and that's a rock over yeah, there and also the resort obviously spoilers etc the resort center on it this isn't by accident this is by design why the fuck would you bring mm-hmm. famous people you want to stay under the radar so you're not going to bring somebody mm-hmm. remotely famous who has a following or people are going to ask questions. You, you just you're yeah. not going to do that. Well, and especially with the extent, and I mean, of course, this is all stuff we find out uh, towards the end of the movie. But like, they went through some great extents to, or uh, um, uh, to pretty much cover everybody's existence there. Uh, like um, and- uh, Prisca was going through it and. You know, she she got the information from a fucking hospital receipt. They picked them up from their house. It was a private jet. Um, they packed all their belongings and shit. Like, they did everything possible to make as little of a paper trail as possible. So this family just essentially disappeared. So, yeah, why would you be like, oh, hey, mid-sized sedan who's apparently some famous rapper why don't you come on over here and die for us yeah uh, yeah that's that's my major bone of contention about this you know what i mean movies watchable it's good mm-hmm. it's good enough it's simple 
No, I would never watch it again. Well, I'll have to watch it a couple of times again. <laughs> I feel like I I was very ripped off by paying a buck sixty one for this. I paid three quid. But that's about six bucks. Yeah. Fucking rentals. Yeah, fuck that. I I had to go through all my Redbox coupons so I could get the <laughs> DVD cheap. I rented it on, on uh, Amazon, but so yeah. still I wasn't banned, you know. Um. Mm. But yeah, that's that's about the pull me out of all this. I was just, why? It made no sense. Mm. And then we have um, Trent, the young lad, and this is another thing. And they bled the the young boy who Gustav's a scary uncle too. Like I was a bit of a weird dynamic as well. Mm. So he's no other family, you know. But um, they make a friendship. And it was a good way to use Trent. Um, so obviously he's some neurodeficiency um, syndrome, possibly on the spectrum or something. So the only way he can introduce himself is, mm-hmm. who are you, what's your occupation? So there's good, there was a good way to get exposition out of the way in like about two minutes. Just walk mm-hmm. around the entire, <laughs> just have him run. Oh, away. yeah. Well, and it, and it was funny too. So like that's, it doesn't seem like it was no, it so works. heavy-handed. I mean, you realize that it was really important towards the end of the movie, but... Yeah, it was just it was a joke in the beginning, but it worked, and it was a good way to get exposition. Without uh, mm. the thing I liked about this movie is there wasn't loads of exposition and explaining stuff. It was it was a slow burner, but it was also it did keep the pace. So mm-hmm. it was uh, it was interesting. But then I have a blip, and then scary Gustav's like, "What are you doing talking to that child?" I mean, you may as well go and put a. Yeah, he like tells him, "Oh no, you have to hang out with <laughs> these kids. They're okay they're to safe. hang out with because they're gonna live." It's like fuck off. That's uh, messed up. Like this guy Gustav, he he has something else I have to yeah. say. I don't know if um, and I meant to write him that way or it was by accident, but he did a good job creating a psycho. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, a wee bit of a cough there. Um, yeah, M Night Shalom. He plays the bus driver. That was yeah. I thought that was gonna be just a real quick cameo. I didn't realize he was gonna be a part of the movie. Yeah, that was uh, that was interesting. <laughs> and he's been like a big dick. Mm. I'm not carrying your bags. Go like I don't know. I'm sitting in the bus. There. Oh, we've got a secret beach you're going to, and it's fucking gates and locked, mm. and do not enter. And fucking and then the guy's like, fucking, I'm not carrying your bags. I'm staying here and getting on the bus. I'm expecting raptors. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I'm expecting fucking <laughs> yeah. raptors or fucking something. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking I'm getting fed to something. And that's exactly what it was like. There you go. Right, now, how fucking stupid do you gotta be? Like, rule number one, if you go to a resort, any excursions you do, you have to be with somebody. You have to be with a local. Because fuck that shit. Oh no, it's cool, man. Just walk that way a you bit till you find a canyon. And walk through the canyon and um, you're there. Egypt... Egypt's the no, worst thanks. place to Fucking go to Egypt, right? And if you don't have a guide or you step off the beaten track, right, you try and go around the pyramids, you're going to get fucking mobbed by the the camel drivers, right? They fucking come at you hard. And what they do is they get you on the camel and then they basically try to keep you going to get all your money off you. It's fucking, you know what I mean? These people will eat you alive. Um, Where else is fucking really bad? Um, Greece has gotten bad. Flatship haven't been there in ages. Um... God, I was watching Thailand. Was that or Thailand or the Philippines? 
Like they have people mm. will get you on the street and you know the little taxi things? Little three wheeler taxi mm. um cab things. They have yeah. a whole network where they'll get you on one of those things, take you halfway across town and basically try and just take everything off you. So if you mm. go anywhere and you don't stay with the resort, you're fucked, honestly. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like us, we go to Mexico and it's every time we go there, there's usually bodies washing up on our beach, like headless bodies, because, well, they step too far off the beaten path and the cartels got them. <laughs> it's like, you, you just got to be smart yeah, wherever you um, travel. Fuck. So, <laughs> and plus the fact they have to carry their own belongings, like the beach would be set up, they would have the, the, what do you call it, the beach breakers, and all, you know I mean, the, the beds and all there and the deck chairs, you know, they'd have that all set up. Yeah, yeah. So here you go. Bye, little you know what I mean? If you didn't get vibes of I'm getting the, I'm a lamb to the slaughter here, it's fucking something wrong. Like you deserve yeah. it. Well and then you know the amount of food that was given to them, it's like you're gonna be there for an afternoon. Why the fuck do you got this thing that weighs more than one of your kids? Yeah, kids get hungry. He's like, fuck it. No, no. I, I just make, now nah, I'm nah, going back to the. Nah. Out of. Yeah, that uh, shit like was me, funny. Uh, once something becomes too good to be true or suspicious or a drama, I'm like, nah, nah, I'm out. Yeah. So the fact that um, these people. Dude, I wouldn't fall prey to this shit anyways, because like when I go to a resort, everybody else wants to go party and do cool shit. I'm like, fuck you. I'm going to stay right here in this chair, get drunk, and That's read it. some um, books. I can't even read outside. <laughs> I, I don't get sunbathers. Because I can't sit mm-hmm. on a deck chair with the sun beating down on me, try to rake as a sweat just come through my eyes and I'm like, oh, I just get uncomfortable. So I'm either in the pool. You know where you have the poolside bars? So I'm there because I'm staying mm-hmm. cool on the edge or I'm in the shelter bit. And that's me. I'm just there to eat and drink. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know I mean? I'm, I'm all inclusive. Yeah, eat same. and drink. That's me. Just fucking leave me alone. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> it's a beautiful, yeah, um, beautiful thing. These people, I never understand these people that travel to meet random strangers and to go through bars and stuff. It's like, yeah. Why? I don't talk to people. I hate it. Like, if I'm in a group of people and some random fucker comes in, I'm like stirring daggers. I'm like, who the fuck are you? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Trying to insert yourself in our conversation. That happens all the time back in Belfast. Fucking people just randomly go up and start joining your conversation. Like, who the fuck are you? Piss off. <laughs> so I don't get that. You know what I mean? Uh, it's totally not It weird. takes it like, even worse now. Like, I don't think you'll ever see me in a resort again or anywhere. I'm fucking done with traveling. <laughs> Seriously, I'm just like fucking... Especially in this world, fucking you don't know where, if you're getting back or not. So uh, mm-hmm. I'm like out. But yeah, these guys are just... Uh, lambs and sutter. Oh, we didn't talk about the epilepsy thing. I'm gonna meet the. Yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. Just pulls that shit off real well. Sorry to ruin but the thing is, breakfast. Always gotta yeah, be the center no, of attention. I'm training first aid, <laughs> and epilepsy is one of the things you cover. So somebody's having a fit, clear everything. You just mm-hmm. sit by their head, hold their head, make sure they don't thrash about, and that's it. Nice and quiet and calm. <laughs> so you have a nurse and a doctor who are both fucking morons. <laughs> Well, and especially a nurse that's fucking yeah. married to her. Like, when when you're with somebody in any sort of relationship that has 
any sort of like seizure issues, you know how to take care of them yeah, real I'm fucking not fast. About it. Just no, we're okay for a minute. Quick. Yeah. And the thing's always uh, what I was taught is like a coat or a blanket just over the mid parts in case things that loose mm-hmm. for dignity. You know, that's yeah. that's basically it. You know, and you you just stay by the head and you just yeah, we're okay. Just make sure nothing there to kick or knock over. Job done. Mm-hmm. Not is there a doctor? Yeah. Somebody help me! Oh, just fucking oh, you two deserve to die. And that doctor, fucking hell. <laughs> uh, yeah. he, he's one of them. You know, you'd picture him. Is it safe? <laughs> fuck it. You know what I mean? If you're in a hospital with him, fuck that. I'm out the window. I'll, I'll cure myself. I'm good. <laughs> right. Like, he proper yeah, scared was, the shit out of me. That was fucking stupid. Like even from that scene, so that was that was those two characters set up and the the doctor, and then they're all arriving on the beach and. This is good family therapy, okay? Because if your family's fucked up and then you meet an even more fucked up family, you can just go, "We're not so bad." That's that's actually yeah. good family. Anyway, <laughs> you, the best way to deal with your own problems is meet somebody more fucked up than you, because then you're like, "Do you know what? Oh, yeah. I'm actually okay." I'm good. Yeah, so you have this doctor who's a fucking complete fruit loop. You have the trophy wife who is a fucking pointless sack of meat. Uh, mm-hmm. Is she really a sack of meat? Because it doesn't look yeah, like there's much um, there. Like, what do you call them? <laughs> things? Twiglets or something? Or fucking like meat in a stick? Pepper, like a paparami. She's not even a fucking paparami. Has more there you go. Yeah. I was trying to think something across the Atlantic. <laughs> uh, high fucking E number snack that represents this fucking creature, honestly. Um, so she was horrendous. Like, I hate those eyelash things. That's just a major turn off. Those eyelash extension things are just fucking horrible. Whoever thought that was a good look, have a word with yourself. And. She's no, there's nothing yeah. there. You know what I mean? She's trying to flaunt it, and there's nothing to see. It's like, uh, and the mm. way they, even the way they did the makeup and stuff is just fucking horrendous. There's fucking instamongs out of more presence. So we meet this family. The grandmother seemed okay. We dog up. She yeah. seemed okay, harmless enough. But these two are grand. So I think all of a sudden you see the other family. Um, just feeling better about themselves, it's like fuck, glad we're not those Egypts. And then this is mm-hmm. where we're, we're talking about earlier on. Fucking mid-sized sedans just fucking sitting there, like not even reacting that a whole bunch of people come in or not. You know what I mean? Just mm-hmm. or people come through, not even a stop or like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just doesn't give a shit until his girlfriend's body. <laughs> yeah, and it's down. like even the re- like. I don't know what the the character is. Um, oh yeah, the music. That was the same thing. When you see them arriving and then they have like subtle talk, clock ticking as they arrive onto the beach and get set up. That was quite cool. Don't know if you picked up on that. Yeah, I didn't even I like that, a, I guess. You know me, I like sound effects and I play about the, you know, the episodes and the music mm-hmm. and stuff. So having that clock ticking effect as they go on the beach I thought was really clever. That's just a wee nerdy thing I picked up on. Whether it was intentional or not, but it worked. Mm. And that's what I saw it as. So That was cool. Um, yeah. Um, 
this is where we finally things start coming to head because they're all set up and they're doing their thing. I don't know. It was a bit of a mm-hmm. brain fog bit until the body turns up. Well, so they were just fucking around. Um, the way the body's yeah. found is the kids are playing hide and seek um, with the doctor's daughter, and then uh, Trent ends up getting bumped yeah, into and he made by the, good, the body. Yeah, a good comment about no fish. And the fact as well, mm-hmm. like that was ominous. The minute you go through this thing, no wildlife. Like you hear all the wildlife and then it stops. Mm-hmm. Like we still got our monkey brains. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So that's um, for the length of the movie. I says I could have done a wee bit. You know, thrown a few hints of that's not right because mm-hmm. all the jungle. And once everything goes quiet, there's a predator. You know what I mean? That's usually the yeah uh, signal. So the fact that everything went quiet, you'd be like. Like, I don't know, like, honestly, there's so many red flags leading up to this thing. They wouldn't, I don't care, <laughs> they wouldn't have got me on that beach. Yeah, no, everybody yeah. there just Sorry, fuck them. Like, this is... <laughs> Straight up. These are, like, uh, <laughs> high school kids. This is a, this is almost like a slasher movie without it being a slasher. Well, it is partly a slasher movie, actually. Yeah. He did make it one. <laughs> we'll get on that in a bit, but, yeah. Um, there's so many fucking red flags here. Mm-hmm. Then, yeah, the body bumps up. Mid-sized sedan appears. And he said his real name later on, but I actually forgot it and didn't care. <laughs> didn't, like, yeah, I don't outside. remember. And then the doctor... How can you not tell the difference between a nosebleed and a punch in the face? Right. Yeah, I didn't understand that. It was pretty obvious the dude has some like, sort of bleeding disorder. Which, of course, it's explained afterwards. Yeah, but this is supposed to be a trained doctor, a surgeon. Um, chief, you know, I mean, he rattles off all his shit. Chief medical officer. Uh, but he's also, like, the, the reason why he's there is he's losing his shit. Like, he's starting uh, to show early signs of uh, uh, dementia and stuff. Yeah, actually, it was a bit more. Not, um, I thought it was Alzheimer's. You know, it was... I thought it was or Alzheimer's. Whatever, but it turns out he's fucking just psychotic, which... A complete psychotic breakdown. Like it wasn't even the fucking uh, F butter maybe's. It was straight there. Um, yeah, but nosebleed and the nurses went. Oh, they when did they pop up? The nurse and Priscilla or Patricia? Sorry. Uh, uh, no, Priscilla's the other one. Patricia's the counselor. Yeah. Yeah, no, they, so they, they arrived after, oh, after right. uh, the body was found. Like, as they're trying to figure out what the fuck to do with the body, that's when they show up like, oh, yeah, we just got dropped off. You guys probably won't make it back to the van by yeah, the time right. it's um, gone. Yeah, but even he's like, because the guy's nose is still bleeding. He's like, that's, nobody's like, that's a nosebleed. Fuck, what, what are you at? And then they keep, mm. like, they keep uh, referring to the doctor, um, Charles. Um, they keep referring to him as an expert. And he's already demonstrated that he's off his rocker and not to be trusted. Yeah. Well, and like everything that they go to him for, it's like shit that doesn't have anything to do with it. Like, because uh, Prisca finds out what he is. Like, he's specifically a cardiovascular yeah. surgeon. And then she's like, look at my kids. What the fuck's going on with my kids? How the fuck is he supposed to know? He slices people's hearts open and fixes yeah, them. Yeah, specialist on area. It's, but. That's the thing. Um, I've noticed that with people as well. If you're anyway, if you mention you're anyway medical trained, um, 
you become a shaman because people want a quick mm-hmm. answer and my mum my mum's the worst for it actually. Oh, of course because when i was uh i did medical training when i was in the army you know what i mean and it's basically fucking plugging holes mm. in, you know what i mean plugging holes in people that's about the extent of it and putting tubes in i'm not a fucking gp yeah. you know what i mean it was i'm the basic fucking keep somebody alive till somebody qualified comes and does it but that in my mother's yeah. mind means I get all these random questions about stuff and I'm like, I don't fucking know. <laughs> and that, that's what people people are like that, you know, um it's a it's a funny tale in society and and I'm maybe making this movie deeper than what it is, but maybe just my rambling brain at the moment just picking so much out of this and making me think of mm-hmm. Yeah, people are like that. The minute somebody some sort of authority figure, people bam blate and want everything answered for them and mm-hmm. don't want to think for themselves that's just me fucking roughing here <laughs> well the thing i don't get either too is like um why the fuck would you even go to him like he just experienced some traumatic shit um prior to the everybody starting to visibly age yeah, like his right. mom dies and he tries to save her but he can't because she's fucking gone like you don't and ask it's obviously he's got shit. the worst bedside manner on the planet. You know what I mean? So it's like, mm-hmm. nope. <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't go near him, but then that's, yeah. you know what I mean? Once again, I'd still be alive in this movie. <laughs> so, I yeah. would not respect. Uh, fucking hell, like, this is where the movie kind of, the way they try to figure things out, I think his character, he's another one that, do we really need him? Was he adding to the story or taken away from it? Yeah, he was the agent of chaos. Every time they thought they could figure out a plan, he shows up and starts slicing and yeah, dicing motherfuckers. Yeah. Which, this fucking knife that he has, holy shit. Like, I've got some really nice knives that I'll carry on me. None of them are that fucking sharp. Like, we're... I just realized we skipped over the whole yeah, fucking surgery yeah, scene. Because... Well, yeah, Prisca, apparently the reason why she's, you know, they're getting a divorce, the reason why she's there, and the reason why they're all hush-hush, is she's got a benign tumor, supposedly benign. And, of course, being on the beach, it fucking progresses, it, like, really, really fast. Gets to the size of a it's cantaloupe by the time scary. they pulled like out. But, yeah, they're like, it's like, okay, let's cut her open. Cut. Okay, let's get that tumor. What? It closed up? Holy shit. Okay, guys, stuff your yeah, hands in her open we'll gash. We've already talked about infection. We'll, we'll get the infection later on in the movie, but nobody washes their hands. He doesn't even do the light. Like, if he, even if he had done the lighter thing on the blade. And it's fucking stabbed the sand and I shit. Mean, well, it's like, they, 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 took, they, they did have... They had some mini bottles of, like, vodka or some shit. They poured that on her, yeah, so... I mean, that's something, I guess. Inside? You know what I mean? Sorry, washed outside, but you're fucking dirty hands and a fucking dirty knife. And you're yeah. just like... <laughs> Yeah. Well, she must have a hell of a yeah, um, system. This is a hard. This movie is like walking through sand. Let's be honest. That's a hard. It was a hard one to keep focused on. I remember just mm-hmm. the way that it was set up and throwing stuff in. Well, and it's like there was so much shit going on, but not really. Like this is a long fucking movie yeah, for not a lot plot. of story. It's a plot and not a plot at the same time. <laughs> it was. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, well, it's like ultimately 
everybody ends up dying because of the disease that they have, which they all find out like, oh, we're all here because we've all got some shit going on with us. Like one person in the group or each group has something that's going on. Um, and yeah, it's it, I mean, it's cool because everybody dies in the end, pretty much, except for the two kids. But it's it's a lot of shit to get to that point, and it's not really yeah, that worth um, it. Th- like I said, this could have been a short episode. It could have been a creep show episode and done a lot better. Uh, yeah. Yeah, Patricia, like, um, I'm actually struggling at the moment. I'm doing a course in therapy, <laughs> and I'm fucking not motivated. <laughs> and it's because in my class, I meet people like Patricia, <laughs> and it's like, mm-hmm. fuck, if you've got problems, go and sort it out yourself. Don't go to people like us. Everybody, gather in. We need to discuss what happened. We need to, you know, it's like, oh, for fuck's yeah. sake, get the fuck. You patronizing mm-hmm. cunt. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, she was another annoying pointless character. And once again, back to the back to these two inserts. Sedan and his girlfriend. How does she wash up on the beach? Fourteen hours later, still yeah. perfectly intact. Where, who died? Was it the grandmother? The grandmother died first, and she just turned to dust. No. W- well, the, that was the baby. It was the baby, right? Um, yeah, because they fucking had a pregnancy and a baby in that as well. Because yeah, just threw that shit in. Um, yeah, that was. How can you go from six good. years old to all of a sudden I've got a penis? I know exactly what to do. With. <sighs> I mean. <laughs> I mean, it, it it knows what to do with it. You don't. Yeah, that's. I mean, I'm fucking 35 and I yeah. still don't know what to do with it. But it it knows <laughs> yeah, its, it's way around. <laughs> hell, but, um. All oh, right. No. Yeah. She goes from fully form. She's the first one turns to a skeleton, and that's when we see that the whole it's about time mm-hmm. and stuff. But she yeah. should have been fucking algae. And the fucking mm-hmm. sea. Before she even reaches shore, let's be honest, because of the length of time. So the the, the throwing the yeah. whole time whack thing like completely off. Sedan should have been dead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She'd been like ninety years of age by that point. You know, on his way out. Oh, at least yeah, he should have been gone. Um, I know. I feel like I'm kind of rushing, but there's fucking this is the whole thing was so convoluted. And the thing is, yeah, there's there's no fucking real story. Like it's there's the setup. Then there's the fucking two hours of kind of cool deaths. And then there's the end. Like, there's not much substance yeah, to this um, movie. Yeah, it's just, it really is a difficult one. I'm trying, I, think, I think we're trying to put more into it than there is. Because that's basically what happened. Everyone fucking mechanically dies after, like, scene mm. after scene. And fucking the doctor goes schizo. And that's the bit that got me. Because uh, Prisca goes and grabs one of the old forks that they'd found, you know, from previous um, encounters, slices the doctor, mm-hmm. and the rust kills him. So, why didn't she die yeah. when they fucking operated him and everybody stuck their fucking right. hands in and didn't even try to clean the wound? Mm. She should have died. 
Oh yeah. Well, and, and plus, like the knife had already been used on somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> like, because when he first encounters midsize Dan after the girlfriend shows up, he fucking slices his face. So there's still blood on it. Plus, he's got sand yeah, in his hands and shit. Like, yeah, I was. Yeah. Uh, that's what I mean. I think they tried to throw. I think he tried to throw too much into this movie. If he had a, done a few pointing to yes, this could have actually worked with maybe just one family. I think this movie yeah. could have been a lot tighter with one family, and show the agent process and scan it out. But it seems that he, he tried to turn into like a slasher horror flick and fucking rushed it. But the premise of the two characters at the start didn't fit up with the time, and it just. A bit of a convoluted mess, and then throwing her pregnancy as well. Yeah. The fucking weaker because the kids that was the thing. Fucking kids go from six year old to uh, sixteen, and then fully grown adults. And by the way, mm-hmm. I had to look this up because I was fucking having to do this from the screen because Thomas and Mackenzie's character is supposed to be sixteen in this, and I'm like. I'm not looking because she's fucking got her baps out like fucking in the camera's face throughout this whole movie. <laughs> Even with a shirt, just a fucking yeah. shirt open, she's fucking throwing them in there. I'm like, I'm no fucking nonce. I'm no fucking pedo. So I'm like, I need to right. I had to pause. Fucking look it up. Okay, she's twenty. Right, that's not so bad. Fuck, that was bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? That was fucking like Catholic Church making this movie type of shit. <laughs> I mean, you got away yeah. with it being the, you know, the swimsuit at the start, just a kid, growing up, tight, mm. made sense. Oh, let me, I've a spare suit and a thing, puts on a more revealing one and doesn't button up the shirt and fucking throws these things in your face the whole movie. It's like, fuck off, come on. That, that took me right out, because I'm like, <laughs> I'm not looking at a fucking 16-year-old girl. Fuck off. You know, I just... Mm-hmm. I don't get, you know what I mean? I don't get that with fucking movie makers. Why do, why do I think that's cool? In Hollywood, like, fucking... Like, let kids be kids. Don't fucking... Have them to, I don't know. Just, right. I find that a wee bit... Like, she's an impressive record on her cover of that, but... Fucking hell, when she's playing a 60-year-old and stuff, just fucking... No. <laughs> um... Operation scene... Fucking Crystal, which one was ah? Crystal's the fucking bimbo. Yeah, she was just served yeah. no purpose at all. Yeah, and her death was pretty uneventful. Don't look like, at oh, me. I haven't had my calcium shake, so bones are snapping everywhere, but they heal instantly. And then she's a tangled mess. It's like, and that nah, was bringing me back to pet cemetery. No thanks. Um, Gloria's character was Gloria. Mm. Who's the sister? Oh Christ! You know what I mean in the bedroom. I can't remember. Um, yeah, Zelda. Oh yes. Zelda. I, I, I was a kind of scenes, just not as yeah. good. Yeah. But yeah, I don't think that's. A, you know what I mean? That, that was almost like a pointless horror trope, just for the sake of it. Once again, no. Mm-hmm. That is what it seemed like. Like, oh, we randomly found some matches on the beach that aren't waterlogged. Let's use them in this cave. Yeah, yeah. It it seemed very pointless. Like I get it. It was to show that somebody else was gonna die, but yeah, put eh. a little torch and just had her eh. like, chasing them or something, and then breaking apart. I don't know. 
It's very lazy. I think that's the best thing I can say about this movie. Very lazy in parts. Good idea. Well, it's like, I think, I honestly think if it was shorter, it wouldn't have been as bad because there was so much. And I mean, I'm usually one that, like, I don't give a fuck. Give me a boring, you know, slow burn movie, and I'm happy. Because it's story, there's there's character building and all that shit. With this, it's like we already understand everybody's flawed from the get go. Just give us their cool deaths, give the kids their moment of hey, I know how to get off of here, and then end it. Like again, it it did not need to be yeah, almost two hours. Uh, struggling so. Uh, obviously, they alluded that they're being watched throughout this whole thing as well. The uh, Trent he he picked up mm-hmm. on him. Um. Which I had a wee bit of thing, but they never even thought about trying to get. I suppose they're completely surrounded, weren't they? It's like a cove. Yeah. Uh, I suppose we skip that, right? So at least um, guy Gus and Prisca, they they dad is an old age couple, so that was supposed decent. After mm-hmm. we get rid of everybody else, at least them sitting there, Dan of old age. You know, both went quickly with another one, you know. So that was, that was cool, I suppose. Mm. Which, if that had been the whole thing about the movie, then age and maybe reflect on life and stuff, that'd have been better without all the fucking noise and fluff. Because they were the central characters anyway. Mm. I'm glad that didn't do the final girl trope. Because that's what I was worried about. Because they're making, I can't remember her character's name. Thomas and Mackenzie's character, like her central, like she was six years old. Mm. No, she was eleven. Sorry, she was eleven. Yeah, she was. They were making her as if she was the old, wise, sage adult, and everyone's going to advice and you know, kind of floating about. It was a bit weird. Where it didn't really have any, you know, purpose. The better thing was them being shocked and not understanding what's going on, but they were having her be the adult in the whole thing. But mm-hmm. once again, pulled me out of it. But at least her and Trent, they both. Survived the, the got the decoded message, uh, Ebla had sent them mm-hmm. about the coral. So, yeah, they swim to the coral and then they made that whole thing. And then we cut the mm-hmm. M. Night Shyam's character, you know. <laughs> yep, test 73 complete. <laughs> like in, and then it goes into the whole uh, plot reveal of why this is all happening. And yeah. I suppose in this day and age, like big farm is a big topic at the moment, and the shit they will do, out of no compunction about fucking fucking up the human race over a bottom line and saving time in human trials. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of relevant to today. But once again, Gustav, he is proper nuts. He's like scary person. Mm. Yay! Um. Patricia didn't have a seizure for eight hours. That's the equivalent of 16 years. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you fucking lunatics. The, even the moment of silence they had for Test 73, he's fucking smirking, going, fucking. I know I have no love for people, but fucking hell, this guy's like something else. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. Um, obviously, these two escape, and then the, the next reveal is those two going to the resort. And the police officer would discover from the first one, which was quite cool, because trans character, who are you, what do you do? So, ah, you're a police officer, the book they find with mm-hmm. all the scrollings. 
gave to him, linked to all these people going missing. But in reality, how would that work? You don't just get everybody. Well, and especially with the speed of how fast, like the fucking police or whatever showed up. It's like I don't think it yeah, quite that, works that way. Yeah, that's a bit way. surreal. Unless they've been watching this place for a while or suspicious about it. Like, mm. sorry, that just you don't just randomly turn up. As nicely as the island as well. No. So they could cut off phone signals and communication. You know, I mean, there's things that could do. There was well-funded setup. Yeah. Yeah, it was a bit of a fucking, you know, like a cracker just goes, fizz popped at the end. That was kind of the way it played out. There's no mm. great failure, what, or. Ah, uh, it was odd. But yeah, we got it. The pharmaceutical companies basically using people as lab rats to save time because of the rapid aging process. They test drugs in people. So rather mm. than have to wait years, they can do it all in a day. Uh, and I thought that's what the Nuremberg Code was about that you can't do this sort of shit and use your research because you have to like document every step of the research so how the fuck do they even get that uh, through but then we're seeing today that there's lots of dodgy shit going on anyway and the rules that we thought were in place don't mean anything so I think it was a bit more telling than what uh, they planned it to be <laughs> with everything going out at the moment but mm-hmm. What do you think overall? Bit of a bit of a kind of meh movie, wasn't it? Yeah, I last night I didn't know what to think of it. This morning, like upon thinking about it and talking about it again, I just it wasn't good. Like it was beautiful. It was very aptly shot. The scenes were fantastic. The deaths were great, but I would never yeah, watch this again. A... Just one like I said, we were just talking about it last week, the just the length between the characters and um, that movie come up thought why not but it had potential I think that's what bugs me the most they had the stepping stones mm-hmm. there and potential but this also shows again how much M. Night Shyamalan has fallen like he has burnt his creative load let's be honest he started off strong in his career and now he's just fizzled out and I don't know what's happened to him but so, and in my opinion, he's one of those directors that it's definitely like a, it's waves. It'll either be really fucking good or really meh, but it's like, it, it varies. And yeah, this was definitely one of the low points. Yeah. It's just, um, it just seems to be recently, he hasn't, you know, maybe he just needs to take a wee break and distract himself with something else, get his uh, mojo back, but yeah, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Fucking bit of a damn squid. Mm. But there you go. Um, suppose we'll uh, go back to a classic then, trying to hopefully redeem redeem ourselves, Hell yeah. ourselves up a bit, eh? <laughs> oh yeah, this will do. Yeah, I think um, I and think we need to do this one. A classic. This one's fucking chicken Absolutely. noodle soup for the soul. Uh, what we're talking about, obviously, is Phantasm. <laughs> uh, Hell yeah, nineteen seventy nine classic. Only thing is, um, 
thing that had me concerned is I watched the remastered edition as fucking bad robot. So that man's fucking George R. Abrams was involved. But thankfully, no lens flare. Mm-hmm. So we didn't add in loads of lens flare and fuck it up. So Nope. Only thing they did was just upgraded an original negative to 4K and yeah, good to go. It was actually pretty fucking sweet. Like the first time I actually saw the remastered edition was in a theater with Don Coscarelli. Like that shit was nice. fucking cool. Yeah, and he's and he is a very very nice guy. Like you just kind of want to hug him when you see him. He looks like he's a good hugger. This um this is one of those movies that has always been with us. And the pop culture references mm-hmm. have always been with us. But we don't see them. Unless you bought mm-hmm. the DVDs, you don't get to see it that often. Like, it's one of those ones that's been tucked away and you have to go looking for it to actually watch. So the casual viewer yeah. may not have seen this movie. It's quite possible that mm-hmm. you have went through the 80s and 90s as a just a casual movie goer or film buff without being a horror fan and not have seen this movie just for some reason mm-hmm. they've managed to keep it tucked away I, I don't know why that was because it doesn't really show on network TV uh, throughout the time uh, you don't get it in, only recently mm-hmm. do we get it in Shudder and they just got the whole lot which I thought yeah. was the purpose of Shudder well, that's funny because it's not even the whole lot because it three's is. not on there. I when did they get three? Yeah, because they bounced the whole I lot. They, Once they dropped, they dropped I all they, four of them. Or all five of them. Not uh, oh, stateside. Uh, oh, that's Hedlapon. So, me, 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 me. Three's the yeah, fucking so, trippy one. Yeah, it's um, like different licenses. So, basically, when we got it stateside on Shutter, there was the whole Joe Bob marathon. And they just kept making jokes about how three wasn't in there. I think there was. Um, yeah, I think it was three. Over here, they have dropped three, but I think it was like they dropped all the rest in first, and then it's a week or two later, three popped mm. in. But gotcha. we have all of them. I mean, I don't care. I fucking own all of them, anyways, on Blu ray, so yeah, it doesn't matter it's... to me. Although I was late, I didn't dig it out the last night. The point is that generally, as a normal, like a. Milk toast uh, movie goer. Unless you go looking for this movie, you're not going to see it. You know what I mean? That's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this shit was super, super independent because, you know, it was pretty much financed and released by Coscarelli himself. It cost 300 grand to make and it made 22 million at the box office. That is impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, when you think right. of um, mega companies just flushing money down the toilet at the moment. And taking losses over stupidity, and this like three hundred grand, still back in the seventies, not an amount to be sniffed at, but for making a full blown movie, and then for the return to go, yeah. and plus that was just the box office. The fact that it's become mm-hmm. a cult classic and sales of Blu-rays and everything else since, you know, I just the pop culture reference. This is this is one of those ones that's been a pop culture reference for decades. And I think a lot of people oh, yeah. actually refer to it without actually seeing the movie. It's possible. It's entirely possible. That happens. It's just that made that much of an mm-hmm. impact, which is cool. You know what I mean? It kind of shows the power of this movie. The plot isn't mm-hmm. that complicated. The plot... So I, I actually mm-hmm. wrote this down last night because I think my wife summed it up real well. 
She said it's like trying to understand Bjork. Well, it's like, yes, that's what Phantasm is. It's like trying to understand Bjork. Because, <laughs> yeah, she uses the same beats and stuff, but the stuff she comes off with. So the actual plot itself, the, the linear... Oh, I'm just saying like how yeah, fucking ass The linear movement of the movie is. isn't really... It, does, it moves between like two locations. The house, the mausoleum, and the stretcher road. And the bar. There's about four locations mm-hmm. in the entire movie. That's all the plot yeah. moves between. But the amount of shit, concepts and stuff to try to cram into this is just unreal. And you can see it kind of tugging at you. This this little idea, that idea. So, mm-hmm. what happens in it? You start off. Um, the central character pulls everybody together. Tommy's in the graveyard. He's getting his end away with the woman in velvet or what? Velvet or Lilac. Lavender isn't the Lavender, lavender the, the Jazza's term, but mm-hmm. fuck, she looks like a, a robot as well. It turns out. I mean, that was like one of the most underwhelming sex scenes ever. Like, both of them were like, yeah, this is so good. It's like, I don't think they've yeah, ever had sex. Yeah, you'd have before. to be, because that's <laughs> like, uncom- looks uncomfortable, feels uncomfortable. You know what I mean? Just the. I like my comfort. Yeah. So that's. Yeah, it's just weird. But yeah, she's like <laughs> not even like convincing. And it turned out she's like a metamorphosis of the tall man. She stabs him, which once again doesn't make any sense. They work in a fucking graveyard and the whole premise of the movie is they need the bodies. They don't mm. need to kill people. And they're fucking shipping stuff in. In fact, the only way this could have been better set up was if they worked at a morgue. Do you know what I mean? Because the they've got the they've got the product coming in. I mean, dead yeah. body's so, dead body. I just mean with more frequency because obviously, crematorium. You people choose a crematorium to go to where a morgue takes everybody from the you know for everything. So the only way you would get more bodies True. coming in would be to work in a mortuary as opposed to a crematorium or a funeral home, whatever he's called over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was the only way like to have repeat business. So. Why, why is he out stabbing people? Don't know. Just for... Well, and it's funny, too, because it's... it Somehow, him getting stabbed by somebody is labeled a suicide. With a dagger. Like, that's like what a, it went a, down a dagger. Like, yeah. that, they did have forensics in the yeah. 1970s. Nearly, so... Even be, even most basic pathologists be able to go, that's a fucking eight-inch blade fucking right in there. What? That's not a suicide. Weird, but mm. uh, there you go. That, that that was a bit just a bit weird. Also, it's a small town, so everyone would notice the hot girl that randomly turns up and then people disappearing. Yeah, mm. they'd be looked for in question. It just doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> that was funny. But that leads us on to how everybody comes together. Tom, uh, Tommy's funeral. Name starts saying the Jody comes back from out of town. Obviously, we've had a time spot. Jodie comes around mm-hmm. out of town. Mike's brother are the two main characters in this. We see Reggie. You know, everyone's together. Mike is a creepy kid. There's yeah. no if buts or maybe about it. He's actually creepier than the tall man. The way he gets on. Like, there's something mm-hmm. not right there. Also, 
These are quite strict about things in America, but no way do you go through a graveyard on a fucking scrambler bike. You would get humped. <laughs> I mean, yeah. you'd be done for fucking desecration of graves. You'd be done for everything. You, you turn around a graveyard on mm-hmm. a bike like that, you're getting you're getting everything thrown at you. There's no way. Oh, yeah. And he doesn't go to a funeral, but he, he fucking rides about in a bike in a graveyard and nobody, yeah. Weird how they set this up, but yeah, funeral takes place, graves are, Mike comes along, brings fucking huge arse binoculars with him because that's what you do <laughs> as you're riding about. Mm-hmm. I mean, how else are you supposed to spy on people without binoculars? Yeah, uh, like I said, he's creeper and the rest. But then that's what we see the... I think one of the most iconic scenes is... Oh, yeah. Fucking Angus Grimm picking that shit up and just yeah, throwing and it Yeah, and the way he does it, um, his whole... He looks awkward in his own body, and I think his look, mm. the clothes, the way he moves, is just brilliant for this character. Just, hoof. Mm-hmm. Like, he scared the shit out of me. I wouldn't tackle that look. <laughs> like, honestly. Um, <laughs> uh, and that's what you see. And then that's... Mike shits himself, start, but because he's a creepy kid, he tries to go back to uh, Jody to tell him. Jody's like, "Would you get away from me, you wee nerd?" And then he's that re- mm. uh, he's that loose that he's going to palm him off to an aunt or something. Yeah. But then the question is, what's he been doing? Because um, their parents were long dead. He's been away, so who's mm. been looking after Mike? They didn't really go into that. Just, just Mike. I mean, he's got a house. He's got a fucking mantle place full of guns. Like, what else does a kid need? Partly, yeah. God, life's... Just, I love the way these movies paint life out to be simple. And I love the way they always have people with money problems living in huge houses. Like, loads of shit. And mm-hmm. two cars, three cars at the door. But we've got money problems. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah... The start of this, until the pace picks up in the movie, it's a bit strange. Because it's all about Mike and Jody, and Mike falling around like a creepy kid and running after him like something he demented. Mm-hmm. It's like, really? <laughs> um, then, obviously, Jody doesn't believe Mike. Mike decides to go back and get evidence. So, of course, what do you do? You go to the Muslim at night time. Because... I mean that's that works the most out best for thing anybody in any horror movie ever. That's that's always the way yeah. to go. But it was uh, funny. So obviously he's trespassing. The caretaker tries to grab him, which is another thing. How much uh, it's either brilliance or stupidity about the tall man. He's been there. How much of a shit he doesn't give about people. But this is where we get the introduction of the spears. Mm. The spears and that. Uh, and obviously, I she was going after Mike, but then kills the janitor. Yeah. And once again, we talked yeah, about this so in Suspiria. This is where the 4K upgrade maybe does a bit of a disservice to these movies. I mean, just a little bit. The piss is really crisp. That, like, was, that, that, was, that was actually a really but good the actual. But the yeah. red paint... But you definitely you see all the fucking latex coming off and shit. <laughs> yeah, that's where yeah. Um, it's okay transposing uh, these things to 4K, but I think you need to kind of go over it and maybe put in a filter 
at certain points. Because nah, I don't think so. The whole dog scene, like the original mist and the graininess, covered that up. But then when they digitize it, it brings it all out, like you know, space effect. So I think I think I need to maybe figure out just fine tweak. Mm. It doesn't really need much work, but just a weep over scenes of gap. I think I need to put a bit of a filter over. So that's why they do all the dark colors now. That's why everything's got that monotone hue, is because working with color is really mm. difficult in movies. So by dulling everything down, uh, they don't have to spend as much on the effects. So maybe mm-hmm. you're not seeing slightly hued a bit, so you don't see the red paint like spitting out of the fucking tube. <laughs> oh, fuck, <laughs> it I was love funny. that shit, I have to admit. The really bad. But in the original, yeah. it's it looked better because it was grainy or not. It was all hidden. But yeah, him lying and the piss coming out. That was. Um, that was clever. That was just adding a little bit of an mm. effect that you didn't need. You know what I mean? Could have got away with it. Every other movie body just drops, but they just added the whole horror of this. Um, mm-hmm. The chase scenes are hilarious. Like, make run away from the tall man. Because mm-hmm. I, I haven't really thought about it until recently but trying to do a chase scene in camera must be really really difficult like mm-hmm. you've yeah trying, trying to hold, to hold that focus, focus and shit a short space you want to catch the whole atmosphere so to do mm-hmm. that has you know isn't easy and plus they didn't have the frame rates that we do now I mean was that 8 millimeter or 35 so I was shot in, you know what I mean, shot in film. Uh, I'm not sure what they filmed on. It's, I don't think it says, actually. But you know what I mean, it was done in film. You're limited. Mm-hmm. So the way they managed to get the atmosphere, yeah. and, you know, Angus Grimm's just brilliant. That's like the tall man and just... And I think the way they have got it that he's not in his own skin, that's that's the effect they had with us. And it works beautifully. Mm-hmm. He is just awkward. That's why, because in reality, he should have been able to just catch him straight away. But you know, this guy isn't built for speed, strength, not speed. Oh, yeah. Well, and I mean, speaking from experience, running in hills like that, not the most easy <laughs> Plus, thing to do. <laughs> they even extended those hills. Like, he, uh-huh. he was six foot, you know, he's a tall character anyway, tall person anyway. But they even put him in extended mm-hmm. hills just to give him that. More gravitas. Mm-hmm. So really, really well done. The you know, I mean, this is a character that really pulled off. It's just a shame. Um, mm-hmm. I think this movie was underrated, and I think it's had a cult following. But I think it should have got more of a mainstream following than it did. And I think it's I think it's one that's just sat yeah, in the edges throughout the time, and really people should get into this and appreciate it. Um. Mm-hmm. So I have him chasing Mike, he slams the door, cuts off a finger, <laughs> and then I start seeing these dwarf creatures as well in the hoods, like fucking rabbit jabas or something, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. He gets back to, the, back to the house, and it's only when he shows a finger still fucking moving about and stuff, and Jody finally uh, comes on board. That was actually quite cool, the way he switches from you're nuts though. Oh shit, right, we've got to do something. 
Yeah, it's like immediately, like, oh yeah, no, I believe you now. Yeah, this okay, right. Crazy. That's and then for no reason it turns into a fly or Logos. a giant fly with teeth. Yeah, that was like, <laughs> what was the point? Uh, this is where the kind of messed up of it. The throw, uh, that's where all these elements are thrown in, and I don't think they quite decided what the tall man was. I think that was the problem. No, it was pretty clear he's a interdimensional shape shifting time traveling demon or yeah, something okay. that's <laughs> yeah i mean i thought it was well, pretty it obvious. could have been a necromancer <laughs> um it wasn't until later on that the whole dimension shifting thing came into it you know what i mean this was start this starts off this is a pure no, that was... until we see the spheres this is a pure horror necromantic demonic movie then when the sphere appears, then it goes into sci-fi realm. But the whole shape shift yeah. in the yellow blood, um, that's when it's something else, do you know what I mean? You know that this guy, is not, he's not human, but there's something not there. Mm-hmm. But the shape shift in their bug and then terrorizing them, like, I don't think it even had stinger or anything. You know, if it had a stinger or something, I could understand, but it was just a fly. No, it had some mm. giant gnarly like, teeth. Fuck. That's how it. But then this is jacket. how we get Reggie invested. You know, brought him brought in because mm-hmm. they thought they got it down the waste disposal, and then jumps up again and then oh shit, okay, right, we're all going to the cemetery. We're all going to the cemetery, <laughs> going to kick some ass. <laughs> yeah, so the trying to get Mike shift off and then bring these other two uh, characters in. Sort of standby. Was that in the, I was like in a cult bookshop, wasn't it? I went to. Um, Curio it was type. like a, uh, uh, almost like a thrift store, antique store type thing. Yeah, it was a bit of an interesting distraction, but that's a, you know, I mean, they tried to get Meg deposited off safely. The mm-hmm. discovered Tommy's body. He's one of the creatures. Then they realize what's going on. The dots get connected. They go to try to get. Well, and even before then, like the the catalyst to go, like and, and uh, inevitably find Tommy's body was, um, Mike's running through the the curiosity place comes across a picture of the tall man, but as like an old school hearse oh, yeah, yeah, driver, right. uh, uh, take her whatever. The oh. earlier than that, I'd imagine, but yeah, like that's that's when he's like, "Fuck, we gotta get out of here." And then that's when they come across Tommy. Well, Tommy's truck. Yeah, sorry, I got to get a wee bit convoluted between this part and them going to actually deal with mm-hmm. it because there was a, a stick in Tommy's body in the ice cream thing and then trying to take him away because they go mm-hmm. back and forth to the house and stuff and like there's a bit of jiggery pokery goes on. This mm-hmm. bit I thought I had a bit of trouble. I've watched this quite a few times and still have a bit of trouble get my head around the timeline events of this section because mm-hmm. the hearse comes after the girls with uh, Mike they come after Reggie what happens to Jody at this he doesn't he go straight to Jody's at home just hallucinating yeah, it gets a bit you know what I mean it gets a bit much this sort of section mm-hmm. until they all end up at the mausoleum again so yeah, mm-hmm. they've got uh, more of the demon dwarf things, and fuck, they're they're attacking cars. The hearse driving by itself, fucking you know, 
uh, just just goes like bonkers for a minute. <laughs> then we mm-hmm. then we kind of get all the characters together. Then they start to try and find out what's going on. Uh, that's where we discover the room with all these barrels. Mm-hmm. The portal, which is just like, fuck is this? So it goes from demonic horror to pure sci-fi. And those, yeah. I like one of those actually. Um, I like miniature versions of those with a wee light up thing. I think having a wee rack of those, thought about, they look really cool. Mm-hmm. Like when you think about back when it did that, that was a really cool effect. I was impressed mm-hmm. with those. Um, yeah, Mike opens the portals, has a look through, sees this fucking wasteland. It looks like Mars, you know what I mean? I was getting kind of Mars vibes from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. But yeah, that's where we re- realise the tall man isn't quite, he's not a demon, he's an alien. Mm-hmm. Yep. And that's, that's where it just starts. That's where this franchise, um, I think it's just, has so much going on it's hard to keep wrap her head around especially as the sequels mm-hmm. delve into more of the different aspects it just goes like it's trippy <laughs> let's be honest it's 70s mm-hmm. trippy horror type stuff but yeah um, what point do we get on yep counter Tom on his fears again um, I've done that Once again, it just goes. Uh, I'm trying to think what happens next. Did they try and blow the place up or something? Yeah, and they they end up getting out of there, and then they meet up on oh, a cliff. Oh, that's set the trap. Yeah, <laughs> but when they go there, yeah. um, the tall man appears as a girl in lavender again, stabs Reggie because mm. why does he need to shift it to her? You know what I mean? He could have just done it himself because he was able to sneak right up mm. on her. So. Didn't make sense. I think you just need to uh, obviously want to give an actress another shot, <laughs> give her another couple of scenes. Mm-hmm. Well, and it was an easy way to get Reggie to trust oh, well, him and inevitably get murdered ball. by him, or like, try. Small brain things oh. for Reggie, but we'll discover that quite quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the what I don't get is when. Reggie activates the portal because when Mike did it, he just fell through, and then Miles escaped. He mm. saw the, all the bodies are being used as like slave labor, and like this guy's building an army or something with these using human beings to. I will never quite figure out that he does he insert another personality. Does he just shrink them down and make them automatons? Not quite. Didn't quite get that mm-hmm. explanation with it, but he's doing something with the bodies. He's making something else out of them, and they're his minions. When mm-hmm. Mike opens the portal and goes through. That's fine, but when Reggie then opens the portal, everything starts getting. Well, it's it's different because they're not. So Mike didn't open the portal. The portal was already open, um, because I mean, it, essentially, it's working like a tuning fork, which that's why Reggie had one at the very beginning of the film. Um, so he just falls through it because of the vibration of the tuning fork. And what Reggie ends up doing is he's trying to silence the tuning fork to find out, you know, what the fuck does this do? And then that's when the chaos ensues. Like, it's almost like trying to rupture the portal and then it reacting negatively. So that's when the wind and all that shit happens. Yeah, like I said, this is one of... I have trouble wrapping my head around certain parts of it. (laughs) I'll not lie. 
and I'm not pretending to be all known. Mm. I couldn't quite figure out like what's the difference and why all of a sudden did it go? And I know it's not just a plot device because there's a lot of ideas and concepts in this movie. So unlike the last one we're mm-hmm. talking about, which just seemed to be a lot of filler, this one isn't. This is a mm. really massive, massive, massive idea crammed into a movie. Yeah. And that's why the franchise goes in so many different directions because there's so many different ideas, which I think might be its detriment mm-hmm. in a sense because there is a lot to take in. If they had maybe stripped it down a bit, I think the whole sequels would have flowed better. But because it's so much going on, they're trying to give each idea its bit of space. It is a tricky movie to follow. Mm. Doesn't mean it's not fun because I love this movie. I well, yeah, no, this is something I watch at oh, least two or like, three times you know, a year. You you watch this again in school and really enjoy it. And even even just to switch your brain off and not think about it, it's a good movie to watch. To think mm. about the certain elements, it's a good movie to watch. <laughs> you know, what I mean, it is a classic. Yeah. There is no if buts or maybe's about it. Mm. The only thing that takes me out, so <coughs> sorry, excuse me. Uh, Jody then goes to try and yeah, because they go to the they go to the museum, they come back from the museum to the house, then they go to the museum again. This is where it's is that what happened? Yeah, I mean at one back point, and forth. Yeah. It's not like that's for this thing is also uh, it's not just a linear to go from one location. And the museum's the end of mm-hmm. end of Laval Valley, so to speak, because they go there, they escape, they come back, they go to go back again to actually finish them off. Um, I'm well, to... at this point, this is when they're setting the trap for him. Like, after Reggie's been stabbed and Jody and Mike have gotten out of the mausoleum, they're... You know, trying to set up a trap to kill. Oh yeah, uh, with the mines. Um, yeah, it was just a wee bit of, like I said, mm-hmm. bit of back and forward. They go back to, they go twice to the like end of supposedly the end of level, like you know, the place where the plot all takes place. Then that's when the mm-hmm. oh shit, right? We gotta try and catch this dude. And then they go to the mines, set up the cover, and you know, basically it becomes predator. <laughs> the man was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Basically becomes fucking predator where Arnie's run away from the you know the first movie, <laughs> setting all the traps. Mm-hmm. I have to admit though, um, those polystyrene rocks are hilarious. Oh, they're totally believable. Okay. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, agree to disagree on that one. <laughs> Once again, this is the 4K upgrade where it kind of removes. The, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. They need to they need to refine this process. Oh, yeah. They need to scan over it. What I'm saying is. We don't want the, the movies changed. What they're doing is they're digitizing so that because obviously film degrades and there's been so many movies lost over centuries now of movie making. It makes sense to do it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, where the original f- film, physical medium film, hit the effects, the 4Ks bringing it right out into your face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, best example is uh, Flash Gordon. That is difficult, difficult to, to watch, watch. anyway. 
I mean, that's true. It's very difficult to watch go to begin Flash, with, go, but it's go, even Flash, worse. Go. Okay. Oh, my God. <laughs> See, but the, the argument Thanks to something like that, that is, like, you know, what happens if, like, we all have a problem with George Lucas doing that shit. I mean, granted, he went real heavy-handed on upgrading shit, but it's like, where's the line that it's acceptable and it's not but acceptable? But that's art. You know what I mean? I'm... All I'm saying is you need to you need someone to take a screen across and go, okay, this seems problematic. And I think filters can help. I think having a filter just to tone it down a bit during those type of scenes will help. It doesn't have mm-hmm. to be it doesn't have to be in your face. Yeah, the problem with George Lucas is he he shot his load. He shot his creative load mm-hmm. after Return of the Jedi, let's be honest. And he just spent his time fucking about, going over the same shit over and over again and not coming up with anything new. And that was his downfall. Mm. And I saw it with the prequels. Like, the fucking, I felt, yeah. like, I'm sorry, but at the end of Return of the Sith, I felt flat. I wasn't excited for the next, you know, I was just like, fucking, you know. He, he ran out of ideas and then his own hubris, the people he had helping him out at the start, he didn't need ever. He's doing it all himself. He's a big, fucking swinging bingaling and that's where these things go wrong all I'm saying with these type of movies is when you're doing the 4k upgrade is maybe have a scan over it at the end and a, a few simple tweaks don't change it just tone it down a bit where it's been brought mm-hmm. up too much job's done especially when you're using mm-hmm. old special effects because it does age. And that's where, back to the way I started this episode, I was talking about Stephen King, um, Salem's Lot. That's a film that can do with a remake mm-hmm. because those effects age really badly. Cujo, the effects age really badly. Uh, what else? Christine's still a good movie. That holds Christ- up. Yeah, Christine holds up so well. It's, it's timeless. Um, Next to the Green Mile, you know, I know it was a more recent one, but that holds up. That's a timeless one. The Shining holds up. Yeah. But, yeah, but I would argue that's not even really Stephen King. Like, that's just a yeah. straight-up Kubrick film. Like, the Stephen King Shining, that doesn't Oh, the series? Yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, a, he's an odd one. Um, the things he gets upset about... <laughs> <laughs> and then the things he thinks like he got upset about lawnmower man like the point where do not put my oh, why wouldn't you be upset where he made a fucking fantastic movie out of a shit 20 page story was it even 20 pages no it was uh-huh. a 14 page story I don't even fucking, think it was you know that mean? long a tiny story that you couldn't it would have been a creep show episode but it wasn't even a good you know what I mean mm-hmm. it wasn't a good story where I can't remember the director's mm-hmm. name, but he made it into a much better epic. Now, the sequel, we'll not talk about that, because that was... Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck, I Never still haven't seen it. the whole thing. That's my thing. I got past the... When he goes into the... like It was almost like Tron, where he gets fucking brought into the land, and I just mm-hmm. can't get past... Like, I can't watch the movie the whole way through, and I've got it. It's all over streaming. You can watch it if you want, but fuck, I can't. <laughs> it's I can't get past a certain point past the subway scene because it's just it's a painful movie to watch but the original one with Pierce Brosnan that, that was great and great concepts for the time 
and we're still messing about with VR now. So that still holds up today. But mm-hmm. Stephen King got really upset about that movie because it wasn't true to his like shitty ten page story that was actually pretty awful. Which you you read it, haven't you? Yeah, it's some fucking man yeah. takes his clothes off and eats fucking grass, pretends to be a goat. And because the guy sees it, he gets killed. Fuck off. <laughs> Just fucking weird. Yeah. But yeah, the back to this movie, um yeah, they get that point that chain uh Tom Man chases him, fucking falls into the trap, the fucking ball staring. I just love them. I, I think it's great. <laughs> and the, the sound effects that don't fit in with the rolling and the way it just fits perfectly into mm-hmm. the thing. Um, just funny. Uh, loved it. Oh, yeah. This is the bit that takes me out of the franchise and I think this is the, the idea of the concept they should have left out. At the end, um, Reggie and uh, Mike are sitting together and Mike just tells them it was all a dream. That, mm-hmm. to me, because we have seen enough as an audience, because if you're going to do bended reality, you have to keep the audience guessing. But we have seen the tall man mm-hmm. operate. We have seen everything going on. So we know it's actually happening. So to bring that in yeah. at the end didn't help. I don't think it really added anything. They should have just went with, yeah, thank goodness, at least we can move on with our lives. But I don't know why they killed Judy mm-hmm. randomly. That you know, yeah. I know it becomes a setup for the sequels. The whole interaction between the two of them, but they should have just killed. If they're going to kill Judy, mm-hmm. they should have just killed Judy. This making it that he died in a car accident, and this never happened in your thing. Just fucking, you know. I didn't enjoy that aspect of it. It's, it's the only part of the movie I don't yeah. enjoy. And it's the only trope that they carry on with the sequels, which I think ruined the franchise. It's something that could have been left out. Well, it's one of those things that, like, even in um, most film schools, they'll tell you, like, don't ever fucking do that shit where it was all a dream. Because that makes the entire fucking movie yeah. pointless. Now, back to Star Wars. If they do that with a sequel trilogy, please do. Luke Skywalker wakes up and goes, oh, what yeah, a horrible I've... dream. Oh, right. And then fucking get back to basics. That would that, that'd be okay in that respect. Please do that. I Yeah, I guess I could. <laughs> but I in this case, that. no. Um, it didn't work. It was just... Um, it just took out of the whole thing because it didn't make sense. We as the audience know that this mm-hmm. is happening. We as the audience have been there and the other scenes with the tall man and what the shit he's up to especially the girl and Lavender stuff, we know yeah. it's not a dream, so to do that with a character didn't make sense. But the ending scene, like, we'll have to, this has to be a classic of horror movies. Like, best scene ever. Where Mike goes up to the bedroom. And I love murder scenes. Murder scenes are the best. <laughs> when done right. Mm. And just at the end, he's just, uh, Turned around, sees the tall man in the reflection. It's just like, boy! <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. And, and actually, they could have left the movie there and not made any sequels. And that. This movie, like, it is. Like, we're still talking about it fucking 30 odd years later. Brilliant. 
Mm-hmm. Like I said, my only complaint is that that scene where they made it all a dream just was weird. It didn't fit in. And then yeah. they tried to play with the concept throughout the sequels. Especially in the third one. The third one they really played a hard nap. Was it all a dream or was it real? And it, it was a direction that had more enough material to play with to do about 20 movies. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many ideas and concepts in this. There's 20 movies worth of material to mess around with. They didn't need to bring that element into it. Oh. So. <coughs> yeah, I was even fucking coughing. And... <laughs> Sorry, folks, we're sick. Yeah, we're, I love it. We're sneezing and coughing and blurting <laughs> and blah. Because <laughs> that's how professional we are. Yeah. But all in all, this is a classic. I, I, I love this movie. And apart from Ravager even the franchise like the, the direct sequel to this part 2 brilliant um, the way they did that there uh, the third one is where it starts getting really trippy and bringing in the heavy trope with the distorted reality which I think kind of ruined it um, fourth one can't remember the fourth one what was it mean yeah I don't remember the fourth one I need to watch it again um you can check them out and shut anyway, folks. If they're older, I think, I think it's another. I think maybe next week it'll be another binge session. Just uh, <laughs> get stuck in. Yeah. But all in all, let's, uh, happy I watched this again. Happy we did it for the show. Mm. Any final thoughts? If you haven't seen it, you're fucking stupid. That's yeah, that, that's that's a fair one. Like I said, this has been on the fringes. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's always been in the fringes of pop culture reference. You could always buy the things, but I don't think that, you know what I mean? More people need to see this movie and actually need to explore this franchise mm-hmm. because... I mean, so much of Coscarelli's filmography is like that, though. Like, a lot of shit has been slept on. Like, Bubba Hotep, that one is one of his greats. And I talk to people that don't know about it. It's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? That one's great. Yeah, it's a, it's a shame. Um, well, hopefully rectify it. <laughs> we'll, we'll start getting the word out there and get, <laughs> get people on board. But yeah, um, I suppose I'll just wrap up just by saying thanks. Uh, obviously, bit of a late start this month, just with holidays and word falling apart and mm. shit going on with work and stuff. But um, thanks very much to our authors, Steve Thompson and Alison Armstrong, who... Submitted material uh, for January. Uh, two great stories. Glad to have you on board. Um, Steve, obviously, returning officer. He's uh, he's given us a few uh, items now. So uh, always good to see uh, people getting involved. Uh, if you want to get involved, mm-hmm. get in touch with a uh, go to our website or our social media page. We've got all the links there. Uh, how to get involved? In the show. Put them all in the show notes as well. Um, always. Uh, happy to have more artists on more returning artists to Horror of Tales we'll be back at the end of next Absolutely. month and I think we're already I think we're going to do Nightmare Alley and I'm sure we'll find one or two more things to talk about without a doubt um, Haunted Grove will appear at some stage I think during the month yeah it's going to be point. a random ad hoc thing and it'll either be Adam on his own doing something or a combination of the three of us or all three of us it'll be just Random shit that appears, we'll throw out there. Um, it won't just be movies; it'll be games, books. We'll we'll do something. We'll just need something to do random, just to 
have fun. And also, somebody with an, a stable internet connection, although the, I finally got myself a PCA card, <laughs> I've I've done all my tests, <laughs> and finally got my computer moved to an optimal location, I've moved my router, I've changed my channel. So far, things seem to be working okay, so I hope that problem's resolved. Hey, shit, if we don't have an echo this time, this is like the best episode we've go. ever recorded. Um, and we might even try streaming this live again at some stage. <laughs> but baby steps. <laughs> let's let's get episodes without yeah, things baby breaking steps. down. Yeah. <laughs> we'll start getting these out on a regular basis again, then we'll jump to the next level. But in the meantime, we've got Haunted Grove. We'll do live streams randomly. And we'll take it from there. So, last thing to say, folks, just as usual, keep it creepy. Keep it horrific. Keep it horrific. <laughs>